0: Hello everyone, Rob Guest from Football.London here and welcome to the latest episode of Gold and Guest Ta- Tottenham. We've no Tottenham match to talk about today but it has been a very busy week at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium with Spurs completing the signing of even Perisic on a free transfer from Inter Milan. Alistair Gold joining me as ever. Ali, how are you?
1: I'm good. I'm just wondering how many times we're going to butcher Ivan Perisic's name over the coming months and season, because I can guarantee that you and I will both pronounce it every which way that it can be. We we, we think, we understand, Forward Not London understands, it's Ivan Perisic. So hopefully that's what we'll stick with, a little bit of a ch on the end of the, the Perisic um, which I'm sure, no doubt, someone Croatian will tell us, no, no, you're messing it up already at some point. But there you go. Yeah, it's, it's really exciting. Spurs are doing transfer business. Spurs are doing transfer business in May. I, I, was, I had to double check, you know, is this actually happening? Um, and, it, you know, and there's more to come. Um, and hopefully, yeah, I think maybe uh, maybe more kind of in the short-term horizon as well. So um, it's interesting, this kind of international period it slightly messes about with what you can do and when because a lot of the players are away and, you know, you can get all excited about a player, but ultimately you know that, what they go mid-June until most of this is done and dusted with. So um, there's going to be a little bit of a wait, I think, on certain moves that maybe people want to see happen or or even the clubs want to see happen. But, uh, yeah, exciting stuff. Good good for us as well. There was us thinking that the season was going to come to an end and we're going to have this lull. Uh, but no way. Tottenham decided otherwise. Fantastic.
0: Yeah, this is just not Tottenham Hotspur, this. This is rather strange, because I can remember 2017-18 transfer window. It was the final week of the window when Spurs finally made the move. And I think it was five signings that summer. Uh, Davinson Sanchez one five, Serge Aurier, uh, Gazaniga, maybe? And Fernando there you go. And that was literally the final week of the window, but spurs making the move was it may the 31st yeah. definitely looks like a changing approach from tottenham and i think one what is certainly for the better i think in an ideal world everyone including antonio Conte, would want all these new signings or the vast majority of them in for the first day of pre-season spurs have made a really good start and let's hope uh we're kind of busy over the next uh, few weeks with a few more players on the agenda Anyway, uh straight to even Perisic. John, just give us your thoughts first of all on the transfer.
1: I think it's terrific. Absolutely terrific signing. As free transfers go, I think it's right up there. I think it's such a good signing. Um, you know, I know that the uh the certain rival clubs fans have already been on social media, oh, he's an old boy and all this sort of stuff. It's like ah. Especially when you look down the road. I think Arsenal have had a, quite a reputation for signing older players on free transfers and stuff like that. I don't know where that was coming from. Um he's ter- honestly, I was looking at some of his stuff and then I looked at his um I was actually because it was I was mainly looking at it because I was also doing a piece on Gareth Bale, who we're gonna talk about in a little bit as well. But I was looking at um Perisic's injury stuff. In his fourteen year career, he's missed only forty matches which on its own sounds big. But if you stretch that across a 14-year career, it's an average of 2.8 matches a season. That is incredible. It just shows the condition he keeps himself in. I think anyone that's seen the the behind-the-scenes video of him doing his medical, the man is... He keeps himself well. Let's put it that way. You know, he's for a 33-year-old. He looks like someone far younger. And, um, yeah... It's going to be terrific. He played four thousand minutes of football for um, Inter last season. That's you know the equivalent of the likes of Hoibier and, and Kane at Tottenham. The the types that just play almost every minute possible. He is incredibly fit. Well, obviously not at the moment. He's got a little injury, which I'll let you tell everyone about. Uh, which don't worry, everyone. It's not bad news. And people slightly overreacted on Twitter when we put that out on the signing day. Um, but in terms of his kind of his, his character and his fitness. The key thing with even Perisic is that he's a winner. And that is what Tottenham are bringing into their club for nothing. You know, well, for nothing in terms of no transfer fee. Of course, there'll be a signing on fee and the wages, but they're bringing in a guy who's won the Champions League. He's won two Serie A titles. He's won, no, sorry, one Serie A title and two Bundesliga titles, which he won with both Bayern and Dortmund. He's won domestic cups with four different clubs. This guy just, wherever he goes, he wins. And, you just want that to continue at Tottenham, and he knows what working with Conte is like. He his is actually quite an interesting experience because it shows that you can change under Conte if you want to, and I think we've already seen that in a short space of time with Spurs players. But with uh, Perisic, you know, Conte very much looked at him and decided, "Yep, attacking fullback, uh, attacking attacking wing back." That's what I see you as being, and I think maybe Perisic at first was a bit like, eh, "Well." I don't know about the defending side of things. So what they did was they sent him away to Bayern Munich. Essentially, the brief there was we want him to, you know, sort out that side of his game as well. Won the title with Bayern Munich, as you do. Came back and Conte was just like blown away because he said, there's the plan. That's what I want. And he absolutely, suddenly it clicked. He understood exactly what Conte needed from him. And then that season under Conte, you know, last season, he was phenomenal. He played something like, 41 matches for him. Um and yeah, obviously Inter Milan won the title. And then last year, isn't it something like 10 goals and nine assists, or the other way around, or something like that? It's yeah, uh, 10
0: goals, 10 goals, nine assists. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. As a
1: wing back. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a like, whoa. And that is, you know, look, the Premier League is different. Of course it is. It's gonna take a little bit of adaptation for him. But this is a guy who has gone to all the different leagues, pretty much, and all the major leagues anyway. And he's he's done very well. Um, although he hasn't played in Spain, has he? No, no, that's interesting. No, he's, he's, right he's not that was the one to fix his final piece of his jigsaw. But actually, I don't think he played in Spain. Um, but yeah, he'll he'll be a terrific addition to that changing room. Um, it's not so like he's going to pick up the kits or anything. He literally, in terms of the mentality, you know, he is going to be a guy that in those big moments, he like he's an incredibly hard worker from everything we hear. So. In any moments where these like young younger stars in the making maybe feel like they're gonna like they're flagging a bit or something they'll look at him a 33 year old who is still giving everything and professionalism and they'll be like yeah all right, maybe we should keep going and in those big moments in matches that's so crucial um, and it's just adding another kind of if you look at it you've got Hugo Lloris obviously World Cup winning captain of France and Spurs that's your kind of big experienced calm voice in the dressing room. But probably in terms of winners, that's probably it. I was trying to think. Maybe um, Benson Coeur, even though he's young, maybe he adds to that because of his experience. But with Perisic coming in, that is, you know, Conte's spoken in the past about important players and these experienced players that can make a difference to your squad. That's even Perisic. And it's such a good signing. It really is. I can only presume anyone from rival teams talking about his age is, is a little bit of perhaps jealousy there. I don't know. Because, he, look, he, he's a guy that is going to be so crucial to what happens I think at Tottenham next season. And, uh, yeah. What do you think about him? And tell us a little bit about that injury. And uh, don't worry about it. It's not as bad as the word injury sounds. I know with Tottenham we all go, Ooh, we shudder. But don't worry.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's a fantastic piece of business. Especially on the free transfer as well. I know, Some rival fans have made the point of (laughs) he's 33 years old, but 33, you're not that old. And yeah, maybe like 20, 25 years ago, 33 might have been old, but the footballers are extremely fit nowadays. And look at Perisic's injury history, as you pointed out. He barely misses games. He'll play 90 minutes week in, week out for Inter Milan. So... I wouldn't have any concerns about him. And I was reading summer when he was at Bayern Munich, he did an interview about his uh, goals for the future. And basically he wants to play until he's 37, 38. And he did mention in there, he was saying, touch wood, he's, he's not had any serious injuries and hopefully that what uh, won't be the case going forward for him. So, yeah, uh, I think it's just a terrific addition. And after the January transfer window, Conte pointed out in his press conference he wanted experienced players because it helps the team grow quicker and become winners. And that's what he's got in uh, Perisic. It's a player he knows all about. He knows what he's going to get from him. And it's certainly an upgrade in the left wing back area. I mean, th- th- those numbers, 10 goals, 9 assists last season. It's chalk and cheese, isn't it, compared to what Sessignon and Region yeah. were getting. But he'll be big the- for
1: Sessignon as well, won't he?
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. Having someone with that experience, uh, a winner, that's only going to bode well for Ryan Sessignon. They'll be able to pick up so much from him. So, yeah, obviously, Sessignon finished the season well. He won't want to give up a place in the team. And I think that's really good for Spurs now, that there's just so much competition. And, you know, early only bodes well for Tottenham, really. If everyone's fighting for the place, everyone's going to be at the top of the game. And hopefully Spurs having finished the season strongly, they can go on and start next season strongly as well. And I think what also helps is if they're getting the new signings in early, they can have a full pre-season. We can't say they can learn these ways, everything, get up to speed much quicker rather than players coming in in the final few weeks of the window and then taking a few months to settle in and having that adaption period. So no, I think it's a fantastic piece of business. And in terms of the injury, what you mentioned, Perisic did play on the final day in Inter Milan's game against Sampdoria, the 1-3-0. He opened the scoring five minutes after half-time, but then 10 minutes later, he came off with an injury. It was a calf injury. He was spotted on crutches on the San Siro pitch after the game, went through an MRI scan. Uh, Basically, he's got a bit of a, a calf issue, but what we understand is he's going to be pretty much fit for the start of pre-season or near enough fit. So I think that's uh, certainly good news that he'll be uh, raring to go when the players are back, uh, ready at Hotspur way to start preparations for next season.
1: Yeah, I think the other thing, interesting thing with Perisic as well is that his versatility. It's like, you know, obviously we're speaking about him being a left wing back, which, you know, will be certainly one of the positions he'll be utilised in. But because he can play further up the pitch as well, it also puts... A bit of pressure on, you know, the likes of Kulusevsky and, and Sonny and, and uh, you know, anyone that's going to be on those those uh, flanks because they know that they've got to keep their game up as well because you've got someone like Perisic who Conte could at any point decide because he could he's both footed. He could pretty much play on either side if he wants to. Um, and you could, you know, you could play Cessna on a wing back and have per- Perisic on either flank. So it does, it, it increases the options up there. He can also play as a support striker if he wanted to go for like a two up front. He can kind of just settle in around Kane. Um, incredibly versatile and, yeah, terrific signing. I just cannot seriously think of a negative about the, the signing. It's it's one of the – yeah, they often you, when when Spurs do the free transfer market, it's not always the most kind of exciting signing. Sometimes it's often – well, we're going to talk about another one. It's often goalkeepers that come in. Whereas I think with in Fabio Peratici is very much something that he's really explored over the years that Juventus was the free transfer market. And I think it's really fascinating that instantly Spurs' first signing was um, you know, a free transfer for a guy that is completely not in the age profile they ever normally sign. Um, a player that Conte wanted. You know, We know that Peratici and Conte had that meeting in Turin on Friday and uh, Perisic was one of the names mentioned. Although I would say, I don't know if anyone else has spotted this, but in his interview, he talks about that North London derby game very much like a man who wanted to, who wanted Spurs to get Champions League football because he wanted to play for Spurs. So that is a guy that what, what was the North London derby? That was about a fortnight ago, maybe longer.
0: May, May the twelfth. It's about what May three week 12th. three weeks ago, something yeah. like that.
1: Yeah. So that transfer was clearly in the works. It was clearly being set up. And uh, Parasic clearly was interesting in it into, and maybe just wanted the Champions League football as the the final seal of approval to it. Um, so, yeah, the fact that kind of Conte clearly wanted him, that maybe Parasic went into that meeting more with the, you know, we've got him mentality more than do you want him kind of thing. And maybe that's one of those little things that helped. Um, but yeah, exciting times. Conte. You know, in the driving seat, we know for next season, um, as long as (laughs) there's no flare-ups over the next few months, which obviously can happen with Antonio Conte. But at the moment, everything's looking quite bright.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, One other thing from that interview, what what I noticed was he basically said he knew Spurs were getting Champions League as soon as they beat Arsenal 3-0 in the Australia also mentioned the talk he had with Peratici and Conte and basically told them, yeah, he wants a move to Premier League. That's what he's wanted since 2009 when he started his uh, career. So, yeah, it's just a really good signing. It's a classic Fabio Peratici signing. Look back at his time at Juventus, the amount free transfers he made Pirlo, Pogba, Aaron Ramsey, Emre Chan, to name a few. That's what he looks for and you know potentially we could see a few more free transfers and the good thing about the free transfers is it just frees up that money for other signings so it's just yeah. really 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 good business uh, you just can't knock the signing of Perisic at all yeah. uh, just say it's a fantastic signing do you think funny he though?
1: I was just going to say, just when we've got that big cash injection and everyone's like, yeah, big signing, and it's like the first one's a free transfer, but it's a really clever one because it allows them to put that money into the other areas that they need it to go.
0: Yeah, most definitely. For you, Perisic, certain starter then, come the first day?
1: Uh, yeah, so obviously he gets the full pre-season under his belt, and obviously it depends what happens with Sessegnon, but you'd imagine in terms of our favourite expression, on paper, Perisic is probably the one that Conte will turn to. Um, Obviously, it depends on a number of things, doesn't it? If either of um, Kuliseski or Son is carrying a little knock going into the first game, like I say, maybe Perisic then starts in the more attacking role. Um, But otherwise, I think if everyone's fit in that starting eleven, then yeah, he probably does start the first game. And it will be a really good battle because I think Sessignon as well, he clearly, this will be, he'll be um, kind of uh, groomed as the heir to Perisic as well. Um, and if he can really build on what he started to do this season, it could be a huge season for him. You know, I, I understand, might as well say it now as we're on him, that I understand he was he was withdrawn from the England under-21 squad Session on this week. And obviously people were looking at, oh, another injury. But it kind of wasn't. It was a precautionary thing. Uh, agreed by his camp, England, and Spurs kind of as a joint thing because he'd played a lot of minutes towards the end of the season because he was the only fit wing uh, left wing back. And they just felt, you know, what with his hamstring problems he's had in recent years, the best thing for him might right now might not be to play another like three or four matches. They've got it's a lot of matches, the under 21s, and maybe the best thing for him is just to head off away, um, you know, pop over to the Maldives, whatever. Just rest up, rest those hamstrings, make sure that they are fully healed up, no strain or any risk with them, because this is a huge preseason for him. Essentially, he's got it. If he can get through this preseason, which anyone that knows Antonio Conte knows that uh, this is the most <laughs> unpleasant experience I think these players are probably going to ever have in a preseason, he will. Oh my goodness, if we think their fitness levels this season are something that since in those seven months, just wait to see what they are next season. So, if Sess can get himself in the best possible shape to get through that and he gets through pre season, it could be a huge campaign for him in the way he develops and the way he pushes on and what he learns from Perisic. I think we'll see if he can do that. I think we'll see a on season where he's contributing a lot of goals and assists because that's what. He's got the potential to do it. Out of any wing-back at the club, well, maybe obviously Perisic's changed that, um, he's got the ability to be a, a real attacking threat as well. And that's exactly what Conte wants from those wing-backs.
0: Yeah, we just want to see him replicate that show that Fulham uh, in his breakthrough season there in the Championship. Incredible amount of goals and assists. Really key player in there. Run to the Premier League, but we've just not seen that so far. But the good thing is what we've seen of him of the past few months is him back on the pitch for Tottenham because we've never seen him have a consistent run in the team and we've seen the glimpses of what he can do. Obviously Leeds uh, with that really good running assist for Matt Doherty. He's done it a number of times uh, recently. So yeah, big, big season coming up for Aaron Sessin and then as I said, the arrival of even Perisic is early going to help improve his game. We're we'll we about-
1: even better, is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shocking.
1: If you could see Gestein's face right now, <laughs> I've pretty much summed up the reaction
0: That's to that. Appalling. Right, <laughs> shall we move on to another free transfer? Uh Fraser Forster is a player who looks like he's gone to sign on uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. He's had a bit of a strange few years, Fraser Forster. He was the Southampton number one, then he just seemed to fall... Way down the pecking order, it might have been fair choice at one point, and then number one last season and probably the season before had like a really, really good season. It's good signing,
1: yeah. Um, eh. it's, <laughs> that wasn't the greatest start to my opinion on it, was it? Eh. Um, you know, obviously, we're talking about a free chance with Perisic. we are talking about someone that is bang straight into your starting lineup, terrific signing, all of that. Um, with Fraser Forster, it's it's more of a, a bit of a Joe Hart kind of signing. It's it's important, and he is, from what I understand, a really good character. He's got Champions League experience, so he will, you know, if if called upon, you know, he'll be a, a very able understudy to Hugo Lloris. But it, it's very, you know, it has to be said that, quite clearly, he will be an understudy. This is not someone that's likely to push Hugo Lloris for that starting spot, but. It does make a lot of sense in terms of the homegrown side of things. You know, it frees up a foreign player spot with Galini going back. Um, it's an interesting one when we're going to find out when he actually finally is announced. Because the other day I was told that it might not even be this month, but now it sounds like maybe it'll be sooner rather than later. Um, you know, maybe. Maybe not too long until we get that one. I think a lot of it comes from the fact that um, English domestic free transfers between clubs are a little bit different to the foreign ones in terms of you're not technically, legally allowed to speak, even hold talks with the player until 30 days before their contract ends. Um, And obviously that will be 30th of June when that ends. Uh, So yes, they're in that period now where legally they can kind of have the talks and everything but uh, I'm not entirely sure how that works and whether there's anything from the Southampton end of things I don't know but I do think we're going to hopefully get that confirmation a little bit sooner or later I don't think imminently but I think it could be sooner than the uh, well it could be. it will be this month let's put it that way um and hopefully within the next fortnight or so but we'll see how that goes um yeah it's a good signing what is he 34 34. Yeah, so yeah, two signings have whacked that average age up, haven't they? <laughs> already. Um he was only on the bench for England in March. Um for the uh, was it the Ivory Coast? Was it Italy Switzerland? Switzerland I think they played Switzerland, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um so he is an England international who has been in very recent squads. Um twenty four times, played for Southampton last season. So he's not a guy that was, you know, doing nothing last season. And yeah, I think he he does. I think he ticks a lot of boxes. And look, it's not the, it's not a player that everyone's going to get incredibly excited about. But I do think it's a smart move. I think Sam Johnson's interesting because Sam Johnson, all the, everything indicated that he was going to be Tottenham's kind of man. And and you know, I think that was very far down the road as well that deal. So I don't know what exactly what happened. Maybe that one will come to light at a later date. But whatever happened, at some point, they switched their attentions to Forster, whether it was a money thing or whether whether Johnson just realised that there's elsewhere he could get more playing time, which is probably true. Um, I think maybe, I think it's in 28, Sam Johnson, maybe he was one that maybe had a better chance of pushing Lloris. But let's be honest. If Lloris can continue as he is this season, he's going to be the first choice for Spurs this season anyway. I mean, what was it? A two-year deal. So it's like he's got two seasons left on his contract anyway. So it's not like they're expecting him to suddenly decline over the next few months. Um, So, yeah, it's a deal that makes sense, is probably the best way to put it.
0: You've just reminded me of what I was going to bring up earlier, but I forgot about it when you mentioned, obviously, Perisic, 33, Foster 34. This is good for me for Tottenham bringing in the experienced players because you were looking at the team last year. If you're looking at their age, Lloris, 34. Is he 35 now? Other than that, I think it was Matt Doherty, 30. Lucas, 30. Then you got a batch of players late 20s and then loads of young players. Not many in the 30s, at all at Tottenham, so I think that's Conte help. I think that's what Conte was always on about when they're just bringing in that experience, and that's what he wants. So I think that's just a really good thing from uh, Tottenham because they've just been lacking that experience, yeah.
1: Yeah, agreed. Now, like I said, it's probably Lloris, isn't it? I was trying to yeah. think who else. I mean, Heubier, he's got a bit of it because obviously, you know, he's played at Bayern Munich as well for a few years when he was younger. Um, and like I said, Benson could coming, in, I think, brings that. It's interesting because you have like Sonny and Kane who, you know, Sonny will be 30. I, I was shocked when I realised that. Sonny is going to be 30. Is it next month, I think? It's certainly this summer. Maybe it's in I can't remember. Maybe it's August. But certainly this summer, Sonny turns 30. I mean, so, first off, I don't know where that time went. <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> They're just mad where that's gone. And, you know, Kane is 28. But I feel like he's 29 this summer as well. And, and you know, there are two very experienced players, but the, the kind of a tragedy in terms of a football tragedy, obviously not a real tragedy, but is that they've reached that age without winning anything. Um, we, you know, certainly with Tottenham. Um, I'm they've won anything. Has Sonny got... Did Sonny win anything with Leverkusen?
0: I can't... I don't know, no, I don't to be honest. I, off so. the top of my head, pro- so. probably not. So, I mean, Munich always win Bundesliga. So, yeah. unless they won the one well, a German player would
1: say otherwise with his Dortmund title, but yeah, no, you're right on the whole, definitely. Um, but yeah, that they're they're two older players, you know, who've got experience maybe in certain aspects, but they haven't got that over the finishing line, um, kind of experience. Even Luca, I mean, Lucas, Lucas must be pushing 30 now as well. I think,
0: I think he's 30 now, yeah, yeah. and
1: obviously, yeah. you got Matt Doherty as well, he's 30, so there is experienced heads. But the difference between, yeah, experienced winners is maybe that little extra thing that pushes you over the line. And and like you say, I think that's something that Conte has demanded. You know, he wasn't saying to Spurs, rip up your transfer profile. I want a bunch of... It's not like Dad's Army coming in this summer. But it was just a case of you just need a few experienced heads. And over the years, when Spurs have done that in the past, it's been quite, you know, important. Like, probably someone that isn't always rated, but always struck a chord with me, Nuruddin Nabet. So it's a name that most Spurs fans would be like, uh, not most, that's pretty unfair. Some Spurs fans might be like that. But actually, he was really important the season that he came into Tottenham for Ledley King. Ledley King was obviously a bit of a younger player. Maybe, like I say, didn't have that winning experience, but Nabet came in, vastly experienced Morocco. I think it was maybe 34 when he joined, 33, 34. And he came in, played alongside Ledley and just absolutely brought the very very best out of him and i don't think you can overestimate how much those kind of players can do that um you know especially when you've got a team that just needs a calm head in those big occasions so yeah yeah i think just a couple of experienced heads that's absolutely fine and i'm glad spurs have kind of finally realized that
0: yeah As you mentioned, Sonny, shall we just talk about the PFA Players, Player of the Year uh, nominees? I I, I, I was going to leave this right until the end, but as you mentioned, we might as well talk about it. Uh, As everyone's probably seen, no Son on the six-man shortlist. Harry Kane is on there. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne, Sadio Mane, Mohamed Salah, uh, Virgil van Dijk. Am I missing someone else? Who was the Um, other one? Ronaldo, Cristiano. Ronaldo, Cristiano, it, Ronaldo. Was, yes. Why is he not on there?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. It's it's mind-boggling. He <laughs> but it's a little bit like you know, we were talking about this earlier, like last year, how Harry Kane didn't win it last year, despite the fact that he had the most goals and most assists in the Premier League. It just it just blows my mind. And this year, Sonny, he's the golden boot holder scoring 23 goals without a single penalty and you know and this is the thing it's like obviously I know Spurs fans have just been like what Korean fans are just going mad about it understandably um but like I just can't uh, this is the thing as well What, what makes me wonder how in the world that happened was like Sometimes when you have like, let's say, a judging panel or individuals go and name what who will be up for nominations, you can kind of think, okay, well, bunch of muppets, kind of thing. You know, they've, they've made a daft decision there. But when you've got the entire <laughs> Premier League set of players, what are we talking about? Maybe seven hundred players in total, maybe maybe more than that. I'm trying to think, of how many players? What thirty players in each squad? Twenty <laughs> squad? You're looking at something yeah. up there. Uh, maybe well, probably more than thirty. So I presume even some of the. Um, if you're an under twenty three and you've played for the first thing, you probably get a vote. I'm not entirely sure how it works. And also, I think some of these awards used to be kind of uh, nominations came in like mid season. But I think, I think certainly, I know from last season's one, like you, the deadline was like May at some point. So I just can't get my head around it. I mean, there's a few weird things about it. Even like, even Son aside, which is the biggest miss of all. It's like you've got three Liverpool players in there, yet you've got one Man City player. When Man City won the title, <laughs> just like, I just I get it. Maybe at that point Liverpool was still on for the quadruple. Maybe that's what was in people's heads. Um, but even with Harry Kane in there, Harry Kane has obviously improved from a slow start to have a very good season. But Overson. No, I don't think so. I think Son has had the better overall season out of the two. I mean, yes, Harry Kane is Spurs' top scorer, I think, last season. But obviously, it's they weren't all in the Premier League, and they were, you know, a lot of those came in cup competitions. I I can't get my head around it. I cannot get why Sonny is not in there to have the best season of his career and not be in, you know, not have his fellow players pick him. I, I. I can't speak for 700 footballers, but I have no idea how he's managed to miss out on that list.
0: Yeah, it, it's just really strange one. For me, it probably all comes down to when exactly did the players vote? Because as you were saying, it used to be probably the first few months of the calendar year. So like January, February, March time. And they were, I think back then it was, you put your votes on paper. So, surely now, 2022, surely they can do it electronically and surely you can just do it at the end of the season or the final few weeks of the season. Is. I think it is electronically. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think they have, like, drop-down menus and things like that. And Yeah.
0: Because, as I was going to say, say if it was in the first few months of 2022, then why, why is Harry Kane in there? Because, yes, yeah. yeah, so he had a really slow start to the season probably will not until the end of January where he picks up where Son was probably more, a lot more consistent than Kane over that period. Uh, I can't understand why Van Dijk's in it, to be honest. Yeah, he's probably had a decent season, but I can understand why Salah Romani are in it. De Bruyne, Ronaldo. Yeah, but why not Sonny? I, I don't know. Unless it's, is it tactical voting? Is, is that what they're doing? Well,
1: they always say about this award, don't they, that everyone votes for their mates. It's one of those classic ones. But can you
0: vote for the... I don't think you can vote for people in the same team as you, can you? Yeah.
1: No, but you can have friends in other clubs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 now I'm imagining that you know, they're all just mates in their own clubs. But yeah, no, no I, think, I think it is still a matey system you know, vote for your England teammates, let's say, and stuff like that. But yeah, no, I get what you mean. You can't vote for your, your fellow colleagues at your team. But um, yeah, I don't know. The more I think about it, the more it hurts my head because I just can't come up with logical reasons for why it's happened. And because also, was the FWA? Did he miss out on that as well? There was another one. I can't remember.
0: Yeah. Or was, he, it in the, was it a Premier League been, combination? might have been Premier League. He's definitely missed yeah. out on... Another one, I think
1: it was Premier League actually. Yeah, it's mind blowing, it is absolutely mind blowing. And uh, I don't know what else he could have done <laughs> other than you know, well, I was about to say lead the assist charts as well, but that didn't do Harry Kane any favors. Well, I suppose he was nominated last year, but he still didn't win it. Yeah, I don't
0: yeah. know, <laughs> don't know. Bizarre. Who knows? So, basically, what you were hinting at, Sonny do not have any friends. Basically. <laughs> no, absolutely not.
1: Sonny is one of the most popular people in the Premier. Actually, it's a, it's a good point you make as well. Without even you know, I know you're chucking out the banter it, but actually, in terms of a really good point, Sonny is one of the most popular players around. Yeah. And if you're yeah. thinking about it from that point of view, yeah, I think a lot of people probably would vote for him. Um and, you know, a lot of players in their interviews, opposition players, they, they pick out him as like, one of the best players in the Premier League. So I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I think, we, I think we probably need to move on because we could spend hours just racking our heads as to why this has happened and not come up with an answer.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed they will be on it in 12 months' time, hopefully. Oh, yeah. But who knows? Who knows? Right, shall we get into some more transfer stuff? Uh, yeah. I think with even Perisic in at Tottenham now, I think basically just looking at Twitter, I think the player everyone wants in <laughs> next is Alessandro Bastoni from Inter Milan. Will it happen?
1: Ooh, that is the question, isn't it? I noticed on Twitter now, I used to get Romero news, now Bastoni news seems to have overtaken that. I wonder if uh, in a pre-season friendly at some point someone will shout that at me um it's i don't let's let's put it this way with spurs i don't think the fee or wages are any issue i think they will be you know swiftly kind of that will happen let's put it that way i think it just all lies with bastoni right now um look from everything i'm hearing around the situation he wants to play again for conte one day however at the moment He's absolutely happy into Milan. We can't forget, you know, he's a young guy. I think he's only just turned 23. It's either this month or last. Um, He, there'll be question marks in his head whether it's the right time to uproot from Italy and move to the Premier League. You know, some people have said, oh yeah, but Romero is 23 as well. But Romero had already uprooted and adapted his life to a different country. You know, this is a guy that moved from Argentina to go to Italy a few years back and it's it's a bit different when you've already done it. It's not such a big deal. Romero wanted to come from the very start. But with with Bastoni, I can understand, you know, I can understand a slight reluctance in terms of you know it being his age and, and things are going well for him. He's playing very regular Inter. He's now a Italy international, you know, on a more than regular basis. Um it's now just down to what that young man wants to do really. Um because I do believe that Inter will, you know, will accept a bid uh, for him. Uh, I know they they want over 51 million pounds. Um, and I don't think, I think Spurs will pay that. I think that that's not an issue. I think wages will be absolutely fine. Um, I think maybe, whether they do this or not, Inter would have to maybe make it clear to him, well, we could probably do with the money to finance certain things we want to do. Um, we know they want to sign Bremer from Torino, um, and that's only meant to be the start of various things they want to do. Um, so I think there's been talk about Lukaku going back as well. <laughs> if they, they want to finance that, they're going to have to find some serious money as well. Um, so it may be that internally, to say to him, well, you know, you can go if you want, and, and maybe he needs to hear, please don't go, the utter love of staying kind of thing. Um, I think the key thing for Spurs now is is that they don't hang about, I guess. I, cannot, I know, you know it looks like he is their top target. I know it's him and, and Guardiola, the um, Leipzig centre-back, the young, younger centre-back. They're the two that they really, I think, have the, up at the top of their list. Guardiola's a similar situation. I don't think he's too keen on moving quite yet from the Bundesliga. He's quite happy. He's only 20. And I think he'd be more money as well, I think. And also, you've got the added thing with him. If Spurs were to agree a fee, I think City and Chelsea are watching him quite closely as well. Um, But I think the key with Bastoni is they've got to kind of decide, are they going to hang around and wait and see what happens over the course of the window? Because he is a player that Conte really, really likes. Um, Or do they just say, right, okay, we need to have a kind of a, a date set where we now start to look to others. You know, I know that there's a, as always, they have a long list um, of various centre-backs they'll look at. Like I say, Bastonian and Gavardiole at the top. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. It's, it's, it's got a GV there, so I'm hoping it's Gvardiol. It may maybe a silent V, I don't know. Um, it will be a long list. I know, you know, people have been asking me today about um, Kim Min-Jai, who's he's become, become a little bit like Leandro Demiao of the... Uh, Tottenham defensive transfer thing is in that he's linked every single window. For what I understand on Kim min I don't think he's particularly high up Tottenham's list. Um, and if Spurs were to make a move for him, it would be because other targets have not come off that they want. Um, I, I, my gut feeling would say at this point, he maybe would be going elsewhere if he is moving um, because Spurs certainly have other targets on their mind. But that's not to say you know who knows what happens by the end of the window if, if they haven't got who they wanted and they and they kind of turn there i would say maybe with kim and jai at this point he probably wouldn't be your coming in and definite starter for tottenham he'd be maybe more of someone that would eventually hope they'd work their way into the team whereas a bastoni a gladiol they're guys that like we say with parachutes they come straight in um so it's a frustrating one It's. Um... It's a different one that we've kind of been used to, and maybe Spurs fans be used to. They may be used to in the past, like pay the money and all this sort of stuff. Just get it done. Whereas with this one, it's been like, well, Spurs are actually willing to do all of that. It's now on the player to make that decision. And even he, as a target, is an interesting choice because from everything I hear out of Spurs, they're not. He's going to. Be, they're not expecting him to be like a Romero type. He's not an aggressive front foot defender. Um, They see him more as a potential heir to Jan Vertonghen, that maybe more laid-back kind of um, languid defender who's very good on the ball. Um, And perhaps that's another aspect to it. Perhaps, you know, um, Bastoni knows that and he knows that his adaptations of Premier League might be slightly slower than Romero's. um, And maybe that's a slight concern at this stage. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what the week's ahead Kind of happen as I said, the international break is going to mess up anyone's dreams of signing these players really quickly. You know, they're not just going to suddenly jack it all in what they're doing, international stuff, and head off to sign for a club. It's not really how it works, unless it's a friendly and they gave them some permission, but it's still unlikely. I think most of these teams' matches are nation league or playoff games and things like that. Um, yeah, one to keep an eye on. It may be one that drags on all summer. And it may go back and forth depending on what Inter are doing because I do think that's going to play a big part in things. Um, But, yeah, that's kind of as as far as we can say right now. it would be interesting to see whether any of the Italian journalists get him while he's out on international uh, duty because I'd imagine his stock statement will be, I'm happy at Inter Milan. Um, Yeah. And then, you know, and I don't think that probably changes the scenario, but I'd imagine that's what he says.
0: Yeah, it's actually good we're talking about this in June and not like two days <laughs> yeah, before totally. the end of the transfer window because then yeah. it's just would-be panic stations like, who do we go for now? And Bastoni played for Italy last night at Wembley against Argentina, came on for the final 15 minutes of the game. Uh I think it was at left-sided centre-back. Did actually clear uh, Giovanni Lo Celso chance off the goal line oh, as really, well. So he stopped him scoring, so... Yeah, as you were saying, a few more games coming up for Italy. I think he'll be looking uh, to play a lot more because I think it was Chiellini's last game last night for Italy. So there's going to be space in that back line now. And Bastoni, 23 years of age, given how well he's done at Inter so far, he'll be looking to become that regular at the back uh, for Italy over the coming years. And yeah, it's just going to be down to the player in Inter really now. So as I was saying, it's June plenty of time to come uh even open (laughs) no it ain't (laughs) so yeah still lots of time to come uh what are we four weeks away from pre-season yeah Yeah. about that yeah yeah lots of time loads right someone else who has been in the headlines uh recently especially yesterday gareth bale confirmed his time at real madrid has come to an end following the expiration of his contract As is the case every summer, Gareth Bale linked with a move to Tottenham. Uh, He was back at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in the 2019-20 season. How was it? Last season, 2020-21. So, will Gareth Bale be coming back for another spell at Tottenham?
1: (laughs) Thanks for asking me that. Um this is not for me. I've spoken to people within his camp. I've spoken to people within Spurs. Both sides of it are saying very unlikely. Um look, with Gareth Bale, we know that his future is going to be decided on pretty much on Sunday of what happens next for him. You know. Uh, Wales will be playing Ukraine, we now know in the playoff to get to the World Cup. If Wales get to their first World Cup in what is it was it 1958 last 58 one? yeah 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 so obviously that's a huge thing and gareth bale is not going to want to miss out on playing on that in that so if he plays in that obviously he will have to go to a club and he will um, need to be playing football um i like i say from everything i'm hearing from both sides of this it's unlikely to be spurs I think even just with common sense would tell you. I know there's a lot of people thinking with emotion and looking at what he did last, so it's last season. I was, I was wondering this the other day, when we stopped calling last season, last season, and when we start talking about this season, all this sort of stuff. The the, the season under Mourinho, you know, Bale was good from the bench. And he did, uh, or, or when he was starting in the second half of the season, he, he did wonderful things. It was fantastic. But what I would say is behind the scenes... He was being very carefully managed in what he could do in training and also how many minutes he could play. It was quite the process, you know. And you could see Mourinho getting frustrated with that at times. um, And and that was definitely a factor. Um, And then he went to Real Madrid. And I'm not sure whether people maybe aren't aware of what was happening with him last season. He started the first three games of La Liga season in August last year. From that point on, he started one more match. Real Madrid, I think it was around February time. Um, he had back injuries, calf injuries, he had another injury. That I cannot remember what it was, but I wrote about it yesterday. Obviously, he had COVID as well within all of that. Um, he played seven times for Real Madrid last season um, because of injuries. He played, I think, about 200 minutes, that is, as well so if you can break that down, we're talking about when he did appear in most of those games, like in the Champions League games against PSG, I think Man City, came on for like three minutes in each. Um, this is a guy who, unfortunately, and I'm the biggest Gareth Bale fan. He is, for me, he was one of the best players to have ever pulled on Spurs shirt. He is probably the most successful British player of all time. I think that's probably, he's got to be up there. I mean, the man's won five Champions Leagues, you know, and I think three La Liga titles. He's got to be up there in that debate. Um, I think, weird, I think he's also the richest British footballer ever. And I'm sure I read that. So, well. not that that really defines his career or anything, but uh, just another little side point. So, he, that is my opinion on it. He is one of the best. Would I think he fits an Antonio Conte Tottenham Hotspur in any way, shape, or form? Not a chance. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've got to look at it with a logical head on. That what what we've just spoken about Conte's preseason, what we've sp- spoken about the way he drives players. Gareth Bale's body has not been able to handle lesser versions of that. It's not been able to handle what was happening under Ancelotti at Madrid last season. It wasn't able to really handle Mourinho's training methods. Um, you know, like I said, there's a lot of careful management going on. And I'm sorry, I know there's some people who have even been saying, I'll oh, just bring him in just so even if you're bringing him off the bench for the last 10 minutes in matches, it's like, it doesn't work like that. Gareth Bale, you know, what is he, 30? I think he's going to be 33 this summer, I think next month. Um, we're not talking about even Perisic here. We're not talking about a guy that every season is playing 40-plus matches, uh, has barely had an injury. You know, Gareth Bale unfortunately, has missed a lot of football over recent years. His body would just, it would be run into the ground by um, uh, Conte, and unfortunately. And I know Paratici loves him. Paratici is a massive Bale fan. But despite that, I think for both sides to tell me, no, it's very unlikely, kind of suggests they all know it doesn't fit with Conte and all of that. And uh, do you know what? If If I were to kind of... If I were a betting man, which you know I'm not, I, I think he might end up at Cardiff if, if they if, if Wales gets to the World Cup. I think, like I said about the money thing, I don't think any of his next move will be about money. There's no real desire for that. But I know from people around him that he's always spoken about perhaps just finishing his career with one year at his hometown club that he's never played for. And that would be incredible. Do you know what? That would be such a wonderful story. Um, just, to, just to play out that last season. If anything, you know, I almost kind of wanted Wales to get to the World Cup just to see, like, Gareth Bale in the Championship and and uh, and for his hometown club. It would be a lovely story. But no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know what people will say. They'll say, "But well, you say this every year, and then one year he did come back. I like, oh, yeah, because that was pretty much, and I think I made it clear that year. The only way Gareth Bale at that point was coming back to Tottenham would be on loan, and if Real Madrid took a huge chunk of his wages on, and that's actually exactly what happened, and that is really was the only window of chance that that happened, and it did, and it was it was good fun, although it was a shame that there weren't full crowds to see it because obviously we were during that time, um, but yeah, this year it just doesn't make any sense if you're kind of going to make a case for it it's going to be based on emotion rather than logic unfortunately
0: I'd like to see him go back to Cardiff uh, to be honest I think that'd just be a bit of a fairy tale ending to his career going back to his hometown club and and playing for him and they probably about 10-12 years ago they had Craig Bellamy on loan I think it was probably from Man City at the time for a season what was such a big move at the time because I think it had been Previously, a bit of a regular in the city team, and made the drop the, down to the championship. And if Bale goes to Cardiff, just imagine the crowds are going to draw in, oh, home and away. Cool.
1: I think he's got a house still as well. I think that their main kind of house is is near Cardiff as well, so it does it makes sense on every on every level, and it would be lovely.
0: Yeah, it definitely would be. And then say if he does Spurs Cardiff in the League Cup or the FA Cup. Oh, that would be a, a good one.
1: <laughs> he scores a hat trick, pulls up his shirt to reveal a T-shirt saying "Gold, you know nothing." I've still got it, and I pull up my and I show a T-shirt saying "Yeah, but it's it's not content. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've right. seen enough of journalists and footballers uh, having back and forth this week, haven't we? With the Kuliszewski stuff, that was yeah. bizarre. That, even that was bizarre in itself. Um but that that's that's not for us probably to talk about, but that was a weird situation as well.
0: Right. I think another player Tottenham fans are talking about at the moment is Jed Spence. What a season uh for him. Obviously wasn't in Neil Warnock's plans at Middlesbrough sent out online. <laughs> yeah. to, I think we know that now, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Sent out on loan to Nottingham Forest who, at the time, I think they'd lost, what, seven of the first eight Championship games rock bottom. Steve Cooper's performed a miracle at the City ground, got them promoted back to the Premier League for the first time since 1999. Spence playing a major role, a right wing-back, chipping in with plenty of goals and assists, not just in the Championship, in the FA Cup, played extremely well against Arsenal, against Leicester City as well and those performances have put him in the public eye and a number of clubs uh, are looking to sign him this summer I think, as we understand he would be interested in the Spurs move but there's plenty of interest from elsewhere and I think what's going to be key for Jed Spence now is he's got a huge decision on his hands and I think given his age he'll want to be playing regular football where wherever he goes next rather than sitting on the bench and getting a few minutes here and there so yeah, Spence has got a, a big decision coming up. I think maybe if Forrest didn't go up, probably his decision might be a bit easier given the links with Tottenham. But with Forrest up in the Premier League, having that money now, given all the finance, what's come their way after winning the playoff final, does he remain at Forrest? It's... Uh, it's a tough one for him. This,
1: yeah, it is. Again, like the Bale stuff, I've kind of spoken to people around him, and obviously, you're making inquiries within Spurs as well. Spurs are very interested in. They do see him as a um, you know a contender to really push on um, down that right wing back slot, and obviously another homegrown tick as well there. Um, but there is competition for him. Um, there's. I know that Dortmund uh, are really interested in him. So are uh, Roma, obviously. <laughs> Both two, two foreign clubs that are kind of enjoying their English players kind of thing as well. Um, Newcastle, Brentford and, of course, Forest, I think are all in the mix as well. Again, international break. He's away with the under twenty one, so unlikely to be any decisions on his future until mid-June. Yeah, we understand there is he is interested in, in Spurs, but likewise, I'd imagine he'd be interested in, in most of those bigger clubs as well. And then, like you say, you've got Forrest with the emotional pull of having achieved what they did this season and then working with Cooper as well. Um, yeah, I think Spurs will, will properly push for this one. i um, will be intrigued to see where he goes. I think the key for him, from what I understand, is that he doesn't want to... Go to a big club and be chucked out on loan that's not really in his thinking he wants to if he goes to a bigger club it's because he feels that he can this was slightly that some of the twitter aggregator accounts took this slightly in the wrong tone when i spoke about this the other day they kind of said that you know he wants assurances of game time it's like well no 21 year old doesn't really do that what i meant more is the fact that wherever he goes will be the place that he has the best chance of playing regularly that that's it really it's not it's not like demanding I want it written in my contract I'm going to play 30 times a season or whatever um and yeah that's essentially what it's going to be and and from what I understand I think at Spurs that probably would be the case because I think it would be him and Matt Doherty probably battling it out depending on offers for Emerson right I think Emerson there's a um a few La Liga clubs that are having a little look at him and might come forward and let's be honest of course, he was much improved towards the end of the season. Defensively, he was very good, but he's not a wing back. He's not. And for Conte's system to work perfectly as it should with wingbacks who can score goals and assists, it needs natural players in that role. And and as good as Emerson ended the season, I think he still ended the season with one assist, did he? I don't think he ever got a second one officially. I think there was one that was taken away from him, a bit like Doherty's was
0: he did he set one up against palace had a goal taken away from him against brighton in the fa cup although i, yeah. I think he's still claiming that one uh, <laughs> but, I,
1: yeah I, I feel like it's only one he ended up with officially yeah. um by the way if it was two that it's not enough really is it um for for that wing back slot although i think Seth had less assists than i expected but i think again that's another one of those where there's been some odd ones. Like, I still can't work. Like, Matt Doherty's one um, when he set up Emerson um, Royale scoring. Yeah. I still don't get why that wasn't an assist. There's some people saying it took a slight nick on the way. And it just, in those circumstances, it just give them assist. The intention was an assist. The ball got to the player. Just give it. Anyway, that's a whole other rant. <laughs> we don't need to do that. Um, in terms of Jed Spence, yeah, I think you're looking at him and Doherty would be the main ones there. And again, a nice little mix, like on the other side. Experienced players, 30, 21 year old. It's very similar dynamic. Obviously, Douglas hasn't won the things that uh, Parisuch has won, but still, it's a nice blend there. Um, yeah, we'll see with Spence. I'd say Spurs are definitely among the front runners for him. And I think it's a deal that makes sense in terms of I don't think he would cost too much. I think Middlesbrough probably were licking their lips when Forrest went up and probably thought, hello, we can whack that value up a little bit, I'm trying to think how many years he's got left in his contract, because this is the other thing with Bastoni, I completely forgot to say this earlier Bastoni does actually, at this moment, only have two years left on his contract Um, so in terms of Inter maybe thinking, well maybe this is our point to get the most value we can get for you so that may come into play as well, maybe you know, I think we'll see especially with the the um, stuff, you know, with the Italy matches. I think we'll see a lot of Italian journalists probably try to close that door almost on Bastoni. But I do wonder if that's one we have to kind of wait and see what happens with that. Um, but back to Spence, I think you're probably looking, the fee seems to be around the 16, 15, 16 million pound mark, which for a homegrown talent, for a 21-year-old who is, um, you know, a real shining light in the championship and is expected to become a Premier League player. I don't think there's any doubt that he'll be able to step, imagine it will be fine in the Premier League. Um, I think it's a bit of a bargain deal. I do. I think that's one that, you know, not to stereotype Daniel Levy as the I like a bargain kind of character, but for a homegrown young player of only 21 years old, England under 21 international, maybe 15, 16 million pounds, it almost feels like a bit of a no brainer. You know, there may be some little people, not some little people, some people questioning slightly that tweet that came afterwards um, and what it maybe says about the character. Look, there's two sides to it. I, I like a player with a little bit of attitude. I like that. I like the fact that you want to prove someone wrong. I maybe wouldn't have done the cigar angle to it. I, I get that that's kind of an image thing. Um, I don't know whether someone like Conte, who even bans ketchup, will be the most ecstatic about seeing something like that, Um, but I get it. I get why it was done. And I actually thought that um, Warnock's response was really good as well. It kind of just ended it there, didn't it? It didn't make it a big thing that it needed to be. But yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see where that one goes. I, I'd say that I do think Spurs will really push for that one. Um they will have alternatives, of course they will. There's lots of right wing backs out there, but I do think he ticks a lot of boxes. Yeah,
0: I think he will be if they can get him a really, really good addition, he's impressed me in the championship. I think he's impressed a number of clubs, as you can see. Brissy, Dortmund, Roma, Newcastle, Brentford. Why wouldn't you want a an attacking right wing back of that quality Uh, he's definitely got a good future in the game I think the key for Spence now is just getting that regular game time in the Premier League next season it's going to be up to him whether he remains at Forest or he goes elsewhere but if Spurs can get him I think that'll be a fantastic piece of business and you know 15-16 million not really that much in today's market is it either so Mm -hmm. it could be a, a shrewd acquisition Just going back to Emerson. Obviously, you mentioned him a bit earlier about he doesn't have the qualities as a right wing back. Could he be a right sided centre back in Conte's system? He's good defensively. When they played Man City, Liverpool, you know, kept his position really well. Defended really, really well against some quality players.
1: It's a good shot. It is a good shot. I know I've seen people suggest that. I think maybe he's done it on a couple of occasions before. I feel that I think he has. I guess it depends on what offers come in this summer. I mean, also with other players. So let's say, I mean, we'll talk about exits in a little bit, but let's say Davinson Sanchez, a big bid came in for him and maybe not for Emerson Royale. Maybe in that scenario, they look at it and think, could we let Big Dav go and we convert Emerson? Maybe, maybe. Um, I don't know. Personally, I'm maybe someone more if you can get a natural posi- player for that position, just get that natural player for that position. It's a bit like the Adama Traore stuff. It's like <laughs> don't make him a wing back. If you do want to sign him, then sign him as a winger, but not as a wing back. And I think probably with Emerson, if I'm Emerson, I don't want to stay there for the potential the potential of maybe being a backup centre-back at some point. I think I think he could be, he's only, what, 23, 22, 23? He could be a, an excellent right-back. I think if he were to head back to La Liga, I think he'd be one of those where maybe in the future people would say, oh, look, you really messed up letting him go. But in essence, probably not, because positional wise it's a whole different thing. But I think he could be a very good right-back for someone, as he was before he came to Tottenham.
0: We've mentioned the comment
1: Tottenham.
0: Sorry, yes. sorry. that Right, I was just going to move on then. Uh, obviously, we <laughs> talked about incomings. We'll talk about outgoings now for a little bit, as we've already done really quickly that. Uh, outgoings, obviously, pre-season's going to do get on the way at uh, start of July. Are we expecting a number of players out of the door by then?
1: Um it's tottenham i think <laughs> i think if there's one thing that we can guarantee it's tottenham struggling to get people out the door that is something that they have always had a bit of an issue with um i think a fair few have to move on and i think for their own careers as well i think maybe that's the difference this time is that there's a few of these players who will be pushing for moves as well um i think the two obvious ones would be uh harry winks and stephen bergwein uh, i think both of them especially in a world cup year will want to be playing regular football next season uh, It'll be interesting to see what happens with him because i know there is a fair bit of interest in him um i think for him it will be key on not only who brings in the best offer for spurs but also what level he feels is his level now um and and almost how how much he'll let his like drop almost or where how far he'll you know i don't know i suppose when you've been used to playing in the champions league and obviously if he were to stay he you know may well get an opportunity to play in the champions league at spurs next season um yeah i've been intrigued to see what kind of his head's at in terms of burgervine i think it's no secret that ajax are desperate for him um and for him probably is a bit of a no brainer to go back i would be sad to see him go and i think conte would be sad to see him go as well to be honest um, and it will, for me, it would be a bit of an unfinished business thing with him. I, I really think with him, it's he's never quite done what we all know he can do. There's been a combination of injuries, there's been a combination of a lack of chances. Um, but I do think with him, there's been little glimpses of what the best of him could look like. And I do think it'll be a shame if we don't actually get to see that at Spurs. Because I do think, like I said with Emerson, I think he'll go away and he'll probably do big things elsewhere. Uh, this is no disrespect to Ajax, but I'd imagine he'd go back to Ajax and then move on in a couple of years to another because club. He is still young, you know. He's still very young, um, and I just feel like he's a player that's got all the attributes to to be a very special player. Um, so there's those two, obviously the lone players that been out. You know, good old Tongi, Giovanni La Celso. Uh, La Celso, obviously we know Villarreal want him. Um, and I think there'll be a couple of others in for him as well. Tongi is going to be a bit more difficult, I think. I don't think Leon Lone helped him in any way, shape or form. It kind of, he went elsewhere and didn't really make an impact. I mean, he only started, I think, seven league games for them, which isn't doesn't look great. Um, Brian Hill... Probably, I think, looking at this point, a loan for him, unless a mega offer came in. I don't think Spurs would, just 12 months after signing one of the most talented young players in Spain, would be daft enough to chuck him away right now. I think that would be really silly. Not only from the aspect of, I think he'll be worth a lot more with another season loan under his belt, and he's got a long contract as well, but also from a slightly cynical point of view, um, or maybe a realistic one, I don't know, Conte's history suggests that, you know, Hill might outlast him. So if Conte doesn't believe that Hill is a Premier League player, you know, he may well be able to come back and prove him wrong um, after he's gone. I don't know. Uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully Conte's there for many years and builds a real title-winning legacy on him. I must stress that's what I want. But uh, I think that is the way you think. And I think we've seen that in the past with, like, the likes of Delhi and Harry Winks, you know, they outlasted Mourinho, who wasn't playing them. Um, obviously, they may still end up leaving. Well, sorry, Delhi has left, as you well know. Um, and Winks may probably leave this summer as well. But um, I do think it comes into thinking. Joe Roden, I think we'll see him move on. Uh, I'd be intrigued to see where he goes. I know, you know, Cooper, as you were just talking about, Forrest really likes him, managed him at Swansea. And obviously, as a Welshman, knows very well what he brings to that national team. So I'd be intrigued to see whether Forrest make that move this summer. Um, but again, you let him go. I think you do definitely need to bring in another centre back. Jeff at Tanganga is another one. From what I understand, with him, it's a case of um, pre season. He's gonna be back from his knee injury, and I think he's gonna be used quite a lot. Conte's really gonna have a look at it. I and mean, we mustn't forget, I think out of the 12, it was about 12 or 14 matches. When Tanganga was fit under Conte, he started seven of them. I think it was or maybe eight. I think it was eight. I think it was eight out of 14 he started. He was playing a lot. Obviously, his performances were a bit varied. Let's put it kind of nicely. Um, he was having a few concentration issues. But Conte clearly sees something in him to keep picking him. Um, so, yeah, from what I understand, they'll have a look at him over the summer in pre-season and then they'll have a kind of decide after that what with what offers come in and where he goes, uh, and obviously what players they also want to bring in. And I think that's kind of, other than that, you're looking at the likes of Jack Clark, clearly needs to, to maybe either, whether it's a case of heading out on loan, um, actually on Roden, I would say, the, the decision Spurs have to make on him, whether they give him a new contract, because he is still on pretty much championship wages, from what I understand, or, or certainly a very young Premier League player salary, is whether they bump him up with a new contract and then send him out on loan, obviously, thus the loan club paying the bulk of that, or they accept whatever fee they can get for him. Personally, again, with a finance point of view on, I think you'd be daft to let him go permanently because I think, let's say he goes to Forest for a year. I think Joe Roden has a terrific season in the Premier League and shows everyone he's a very, very capable Premier League player. And I think next season, his value would be double what it is right now. Um, and also, from a non-financial point of view, he could come back ready to play for Spurs and be a very good player. I think it'd be really silly to let him go permanently. But hey, I am not the man who signs off the deals at Tottenham Hotspur, so I have absolutely no say on that. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. I think we've obviously, Galini will head back. Um, oh, sorry, Sergio Reguilon. Sergio Reguilon. Um, we know that this summer... Uh, or we understand this summer that his fee, the 28 million or so from the transfer in 2020 has to be paid. So it looks likely that Spurs will entertain offers for him. So in in essence, offsetting that transfer fee. Um, I don't think Real Madrid are going to use their option to sign him this summer because I think that's for another 15 million on top of that. So I'd be very surprised if they splashed out that sort of money. I don't think Reguilon is particularly wants to go, from what I understand. I think he's quite happy at Spurs, um, and that may be a case of having to say to him, Perisic, Sessignon, both ahead of you in the pecking order. Probably didn't adapt that well yourself to the wing-back role, albeit having not done it too much in the past. Um, another one, I think it would be sad to see him go, because I don't think we've probably seen the best of him. If anything, I think the best of him came right at the start when he first joined. He looked like a really promising kind of player. And I just think, I think he had a little injury, didn't he? And then he came back and he maybe wasn't quite the same after that. And then this season, the switch to wing back, he's been better suited than Emerson, but I just don't feel that he's really looked like he was going to make it his own. And and Conte clearly prefers Sess. And yeah, that's it really. Unless, the only other thing is, Every summer, you get a surprise bid for someone and it makes the club think. And whether that's, I don't know, a Lucas Mora, whether it's someone even more surprising, perhaps like a, a Hoybier or someone like that, a big offer comes in from someone and it makes you think, oh, what do we do here? Um, but yeah, I think there'll be a lot of change. I think it'll be a very different looking Tottenham squad next season.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with you on Joe Roden. I think he just needs a year out on loan in the Premier League to show what he can do especially because it can just increase his market value and then that'll mean more money in the transfer kitty for 12 months' time if he is to move on permanently. I think Spurs would be stupid to get rid of Brian Hill on a permanent deal now. What did he play about? Nine nine games in the Premier League, not enough time to show what he can yeah, do. not a
1: single start.
0: Yeah, yeah he, he just needs to bulk up. I think if he does go out and learn, I think I've, I'd prefer him to go to a Premier League Team, so he needs to adapt to the Premier League. We know what he can do in La Liga. He's you know, we wowed at Valencia was extremely good. They want him to stay permanently. I just I think they'd be daft to sell him on a, yeah. on a permanent deal because you know, Spanish International. Does he have the qualities to potentially play for Real Madrid, Barcelona one day, perhaps, and then Steven Bergwijn he, he needs to go for the sake of his own career. He's got a World Cup coming up at the end of the year. Then everyone probably thought he was nailed on to be in Euro 2020 squad uh, and he missed out on it. So he needs to be playing football because if he's not, he could potentially miss out on a, a World Cup squad. And for me, with Bergwijn, why would you stay at, at Spurs? You're not getting yeah. game time. When you've been coming on, Lucas has been going on ahead of you even though you know you were scoring for Holland you had more of an impact in the matches for Spurs especially the last one in January he, he needs to go especially if there's going to be, potentially be even more attacking options at Spurs next season if that's in there they're going to look at strength, look to strengthen yeah for me Bergwijn certainly needs to move on but there's, there's going to be a uh, a lot to do at Tottenham this season. Not just incoming, outgoings as well. I think it's going to be uh, a big overhaul and certainly the uh, much-needed painful rebuild that uh, Pochettino alluded to uh, a number of years ago. We have used
1: that for years, actually. It know, feels like ages since we last used
0: that one. Well. Yeah. Right, I think we'll leave that there for today's latest episode of Golden Guest. We've got through plenty on the transfer front. Even Perisic, Alessandro Bastoni, Gareth Bale, Jed Spence, and then plenty on outgoings as well. Uh, We'll be back next week for the next episode. As ever, just keep with us at football.london for all your latest Tottenham news.